I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. All right, we're back here for episode 18. Ryan, we got a good one. We're talking about recruiting. We're talking about fall ball. We're talking about the C-word, COVID. And we also get to hear from Jordan Williams, head coach at Penn College of Technology, a.k.a. Penn College, and how he's dealing with, with everything going on in his program's first year. So uh, let's let's get right into it. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Can't wait. All right. So first of all, we we just were talking about this off camera. There there was this tweet by Terry Foy about how the 2022s are committing faster than pretty much anybody else has in a while, especially the 20 when you compare it to the 2021s. So, you know, we obviously can attribute that to the delay in the recruiting cycle, the the delay in recruiting in general uh, across the NCAA, but. It, it does kind of raise some red flags, which, you know, Terry kind of pointed out that some coaches had some concerns. What concerns do you have when you see this many people committed this early? Well, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, in the spirit of the thing, when they changed the recruiting rules to kind of push back that contact date, uh, I think we all kind of went in with it with rose colored glasses, like, hey, this is going to be great for the sport. It's going to push things back. Um, you know, kids are going to have some more time to make some decisions because, I mean, let's just call it like it is. I mean, early recruiting was getting crazy. You're getting eighth graders to commit and uh, ninth graders to commit. Oh, and by the way, the kids that were doing that, um, you know, Brennan O'Neill did not end up at Penn State. He's now at Duke. Um, and then another young man, uh, you know, I think they were committed to UNC and now they're somewhere else as well. So, um, you know, rec early recruiting was becoming an issue. And I think a lot of the people that were not for that were some of the more emerging programs that don't necessarily have the chops to do that. Um, I kind of got a little long winded there with, with some of that, but you know, my concerns is, is that, um, I don't think early recruiting really stopped and, and it, it stopped in a sense that they couldn't have direct contact with these kids. Um, you know, but they're still talking to their, to, to the club coaches and the high school coaches and asking um, about those kids on their behalves. Like there are workarounds with this whole thing. I mean, you see it in basketball, you see it in football and all of this other stuff. So, um, you know, one of my big concerns is that like, you know, it has early recruiting really stopped now on the flip side, you know, we're talking about, you know, COVID or as I like to call it the big C, um, you know, I, I think some of the coaches that had some really good points about it was that with everything that happened in March and everything that shut down, um, you know, you're going through it. And obviously the, the contact times, you know, the, the contact period changed a little bit. Um, you know, it allowed these guys to, you know, build better relationships with club coaches, with high school coaches, um, with some of these recruits, with some of these kids that, um, you know, know these other recruits that are younger because some of their own players have played with them. So I, I think they, it gave a lot of college coaches because most you know if you're if you're a head coach at the division one level you're a pretty bright person I, I i like to think that because essentially you're a ceo of a of a of a, of a pretty pretty important aspect of your um university um I, I think they just came up with more creative ways to get it, you know have the ability to you know maybe improve their program by using different channels to help recruit some of these younger guys yeah i think 
I think you're right with, with early recruiting hasn't stopped. It, it just looks different. And mm-hmm. I think also what what's going on is a lot of these, if, if you were an early bloomer and, and you were already on everyone's radar, you know, 2022 COVID didn't really have a massive effect on you because you already had the film. You already had the exposure. People knew who you were. I think a lot of these mid range late bloomer guys that were really relying on this past spring for film Mm -hmm. to, to get on people's radar and and to make a push. Those are the people that are missing out right now because they, they, you know, I, I talked to a few D one coaches for 2022s and they were saying you know listen right now we're only recruiting people that we've either already had on campus pre-covid or we're recruiting people who we had film a lot of film and they were you know they're like well we're going to try to get these 2022s to our prospect days or whatever it is and then you know we have these being canceled left and right so now really the 2022s if you didn't have a tremendous amount of film or you didn't already have great film you're really struggling and and i think a lot of players are feeling the pressure to, to commit right away as, as fast as possible because they, they see these spots filling up and, and disappearing. And I think as a coach, you know that, you know, there's going to be ramifications for your, for your scholarship numbers for, for a few years. So maybe you're keeping uh, these scholarship spots limited until you see how things play out and you see what seniors come back for their sixth, seventh, eighth year, however long this goes, we're going to have 25 year old seniors and, Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think we're just in this place where it honestly, it just kind of sucks. I mean, you're either forced to commit early or, or you have no idea what's going on and you, you can't get a good look because you didn't have the film. You can't go prove it to anybody because you can't actually play in a lot of places. I mean, some people are lucky. They're, they've been playing all summer. That's great. And some people haven't played at all. Well, I, I think also too, let's, let's call it like it is. I mean, uh, the big C has changed things for people. And I think there's, I don't, it's not a knee jerk reaction. I mean, it's, it happened. It, it's just reality. You know, the spring season everywhere was canceled last year. So these kids missed out on a high school season. A lot of them missed out on a full summer season to be um, evaluated and seen. So there, if I was a parent, if I was a student athlete, I would feel a little pressure to make a decision because who knows if you're going to have a spring season. I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of the best pockets of lacrosse in the country, you know, on Long Island. And I'm not saying that as a, as a biased person, because yes, I am, but you know, most people go to recruit to long, to, to, they go to recruit on Long Island. You know, they've already made the decision in Nassau and Suffolk County that they're going to stack football, um, basketball and lacrosse all in the spring. So, you know, there's a good chance that they've already taken out. They already took out fall sports. They may end up taking out spring sports as well. And even that, if they do have spring sports, it's only going to be a six week season without probably a state championship uh, bracket. So like. Uh, there's a chance that there might not be any lacrosse in the spring either. So where does that leave the 2022 class? So I completely understand why some of these kids might feel a rush to make a decision because who knows if they're even going to have another chance to play. So it's like, hey, let's secure my spot. Let's do it. And 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 we'll, we'll take it from there. So I get it. Um, and also, too, like you're looking at some of the, the top players in that 2022 class. 
you know, Joey Spelina, who's a phenomenal player. And then, you know, Dom and Nick Petromala. I mean, you know, those last names, you know, that those fathers have been around college lacrosse and professional lacrosse for their entire lives. Um, those kids have these built in relationships with all the top level division one coaches. So like, this has been a process that's been years in the making. So if anybody thinks that, Hey, it just happened on July 1st and there weren't things put in prior to that. I, I think you're crazy. Yeah. I think, you know, 2022s are in a tough spot. I think, you know, it's great for the ones that were able to commit and commit early and, and hopefully that works out. I think a lot of these, I think what we're going to see is a trickle down effect where the people that take more time and had less film, I think D3 is going to really benefit from that. D2 is really going to yeah. benefit from that because, you know, these D1 guys, a lot of them are coming back for a fifth year or sixth year or whatever it is yeah. for them. And so maybe you do go look at a D2 or a, a really, you know, good academic D3. But, you know, let's let's take a quick break from this and let's let's shoot over to, you know, I spoke with Jordan Williams, who just took over as the first ever D3 head coach at Penn College of Technology, a.k.a. Penn College, where he has inherited a NCLL club team, which is, you know, a lower division of club lacrosse. He's inherited this this group of kids and it's his first season and it's during COVID and, you know, he's recruiting, he's coaching, kind of. It's really interesting to hear about. Let's go ahead and take a listen. So you're at, obviously, what, Pennsylvania College of Technology? Is that yeah, is there a nickname for your technology? School? Yeah, Penn College. Goes by Penn College. Okay, perfect. That's way easier. And so is this your first season with kids on campus? First season recruiting? Like give me the give me the rundown real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So we've had a club team for the last eight years um that competed in the NCLL and there's not a lot to kind of look up in, in that. So this will be our first season at Division Three. So we're transitioning that club team over. Um so we do have guys on campus right now. We have, or we just finished week eight of full on-campus classes. So we uh, okay. we will have a season this year. Obviously, all things you know moving forward. You know that unless something changes. So as of right now, this will be our first year competing at the Division three level. Um, so we've 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 had fall ball going on for a couple of weeks. Had had nine or ten practices so far, um, and we'll go through the end of October. And then, um, knock on wood, hope spring happens. You know. Who knows with the with the current climate with COVID? Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of of that, of the big C word, you know, it used to be concussion. Now it's COVID. Um, yeah. What's the so you you're transitioning your your club team over? How, what are the numbers on the club team that, that that are switching over? Yeah. So I when I first when we first had our first original team meeting, I was low thirties. Right now I'm at twenty one guys, and that is all guys that I didn't recruit. They have been at Penn College. Um, for our majors for their education and now that they have the opportunity to play division three lacrosse they're interested you know and with that that number of the high 30s guys just just decided they want to play for various reasons whether commitment you know not what they're looking for whatever it may be but we're at 21 right now and and that's a group of guys are all in you know and what i told them on the first team meeting i'll take 18 20 21 guys that are all in over 30 wishy-washy guys any day you know because we're looking to build a foundation you know, so that is the big focus this year is building a foundation for the next recruiting class to come in because the 21s are my first class I'm actually recruiting. And so how's that been recruiting? You know, you, you get to campus, you luckily, un, unlike many of us, because Ryan and I have both started 
teams from scratch on short recruiting years, you get kind of the luxury of, in a way, it's the luxury of having like a foundation kind of there. You know, obviously those might not be your guys per se, but it's still nice to have numbers in year one. What's recruiting been like during COVID? And I mean, you're at the D3 <laughs> level, so your your restrictions have been different, but give us a rundown of what that's been like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting because we do offer some unique niche majors. So I've had a lot of interest. You know, I've had over 80 kids on campus since July 27th. You know, every one of those has been an individual visit where they come to campus, tour campus, meet with faculty, watch, walk through labs, look through all that. And then we'll sit down and talk for an hour, an hour and a half. You know, so it has been different in the sense that, you know, they have the, the masking policies where the mask at all times on campus you know, the social distancing, but in the sense of division three, it hasn't been that much different because I could still go to every recruiting event I needed to go to, you know, um, it, it's been pretty similar to what it was just wearing a mask and being socially distanced. You know, we are lucky being a pretty hands-on practical college to where we're doing everything we can to stay on campus. So we've, as a school have had our visits open for all sports, all students, you know, I know a lot of schools aren't as fortunate at that. So it's been good because, you know, the silver lining, a lot of these kids are doing hybrid classes or online schools. So I can get guys here most days of the week to meet with faculty, to meet with, to meet with staff. So if there is a silver lining with recruiting this year, it's that some guys are online so they can come visit in September, October, you know, during the week, which might not usually be the case. That's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Their schedules have opened up significantly if they're hybrid or online. Um, speaking of, you know, you're getting kids on campus, you're able to go all, to all the events. Have you seen, you know, you've been around D3 NAI for a while. Have you seen the talent level where kids are, because they can't get as much attention from D1s and D2s right now, unless they had a ton of film before. Are you seeing kind of a, a higher talent pool that's looking at the D3 level? I think as a whole, yeah, because I think with the scholarships with D1, D2, NAIA, you know, they're not taking as many kids because the, the extra year of eligibility. You know, you look at a lot of those, the schools that their seniors are coming back, that ties up scholarship money. You know, so I think for the Division three, there's going to be more guys that fall through the cracks because those rosters that they could play on, they might not have the space for them anymore. You know what I mean? They might mm -hmm. not have the scholarship money to make it work. So I think that trickle down division three is going to benefit with everything going on. And I mean, I know, I knew that at my last couple of jobs, we definitely got a lot of guys that had the skill to play at that level, you know, but they wanted the division three for whatever reason. And that's, that's definitely something that I think we'll continue to see just with COVID. And then if, if something happens again this spring, we'll see what the NCAA does, you know. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it sounds like you're making it happen. Uh, have you been able to, or do you plan on having any outside scrimmages, or are you just going to keep it all in-house through the through the fall and the winter until you get to the spring season and just try to, you know, do your own little makeshift bubble, if you will? Yeah, we are all in-house. Uh, no no desire not doing anything out. Um, it'll all be in-house practice because our practices were pod practices, so we're split into small groups. And, you mm -hmm. know, so we're, we haven't even had, like, the full team practice with contact. It's been a lot of stick work. It's been a lot, you know what I mean? A lot of ground ball stuff, a lot of fundamental stuff. So no, no desire to do anything out. Um, our first outside competition will be when we play somebody, you know, um, in our first game or whether we can find a scrimmage before that in early February. 
but that's that as of right now, nothing outside of Penn College. Penn College is a very, very unique place in the sense that we offer majors that guys can't typically have and play Division three lacrosse. I mean, on the team, our most popular majors are welding, construction management, building construction, residential construction, um, the trades. You know, if you want HVAC, you want plumbing, you want carpentry, you know, automotive technology, you want to work on cars, you want to work on diesel engines, you know, civil engineering, architecture. We have a unique experience that not a lot of schools can offer. So we are very hands-on. If you're a hands-on learner, it's a great fit. For every hour of class time that you have, you're going to have three hours on average of lab time. So if you're someone who learns by doing, it's going to be a great fit for you. If you have a passion for automotive, you know, working with your hands, welding a trade, we're going to offer that to play division three lacrosse and also get a practical job. You know, those jobs are never going away. You know, you look at who's been working the last six or seven months, our majors produce the essential careers of this country. You know, so it is unique. It is different. But that is what, really what drew me and what's drawn a lot of interest here because of the practicality, the hands-on experience of our education, you know, and then to check us out uh, on Instagram, Twitter is PCTMLAX, and you can hit the link in our bio and that'll take you to our Spark page. And that has everything you need to know about the school, the location. You know, we're, we're pretty, we're in a cool spot. We're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Little League World Series this year, but you throw a rock in 10, 15 minutes in any direction and you got hunting, hiking, camping, fishing, if you like the outdoors, but you want a small city, you know, you, you do get the best of both worlds, you know, so it is a unique experience. It is different, but I'm looking for guys that, that want that, you know, to build a program, but also get a practical hands-on degree that lets them play lacrosse too. Fantastic, man. Well, best of luck in year one. And I can't wait to see how it goes. Absolutely, Nick. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad we could make this work. Let me know if you need anything, right? All right, Ryan. That was super interesting to hear how he has this group of, you know, former club guys that are committed to be playing uh, the season as, as a D3 team. And he's had over 80 visits during this kind of quarantine, you know, kind of lockdown situation. And, and what really struck me was how he's been able to recruit more than ever because these these people have this this crazy schedule where they're learning online and and they're able to like do weekday visits in the middle of Pennsylvania when normally that wouldn't be possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, the situation that uh, it's presented itself with, you know, hybrid learning and e-learning and things like that. I think it's it's definitely put uh, a lot more options and abilities for potential student athletes and their families to to actually get out and see some of these schools. I mean, they, you know, kids could theoretically do their schoolwork on the road and, you know, take two days out of the week and go visit three, four schools or something like that. Um, it's I think it's great. It's definitely going to help some of uh, you know, the obviously the division three schools, um, because, um, you know, they recruit such a uh, and the division two schools because they they recruit such a large pool of, of potential student athletes. So I think it's awesome. Um, you know, I you know, coach is, is doing a great job there. I think that, you know, that program with what they offer academically and their location, because, you know, it's it's just far enough away and it's not too far enough away from a lot of those hotbed areas. Um, you know, you can get to upstate New York, you can get to the tri-state area, you know, you can get to Philadelphia, you know, you can get to, you know, Northern and Southern New Jersey and Maryland, and, and it's not going to take too long. So I'm excited to see what he's, he's going to do with that. And I think, um, 
you know, their course offerings are awesome. I mean, we were talking about it offline. I think it's, it's, it's not a technical school, but it is a technical school because it offers um, a, a lot of opportunities for kids to go play lacrosse and also work towards uh, getting a degree in one of the trades, which is, I mean, it, those jobs are, you know, everywhere today. And it, it's something where a lot of those people that went into those trades are now retiring and there's a huge need for people in those areas. Yeah, you and I have, we've started programs, we've, we've coached at multiple programs, mostly liberal arts colleges and, and private universities. But, you know, most of the time, we may have had a trade or two at, at our school, you know, that was kind of like a unique thing that we could offer, but we were still offering, you know, the basics, pre med, business, all stuff like that, maybe athletic medicine. But what's unique about that is if you if you do want to do a trade, any trade pretty much that I can think of, that's a great way to go do that, to do it affordably and to be able to play sports at the same time. It's a really unique experience. So, you know, I, I do envy him in a way that he gets to start a program and have, have a baseline of 20 players. He gets to start a program at a, at a place that clearly values both athletics and academics and that you can pretty much attract any kid in the country, especially right now. Like we said, these jobs aren't going anywhere. Um, these, these jobs are the ones that we're going to need more than anything. We, we, you know, we don't need a lot more business majors. We, we have enough people going into that. We don't need a ton more, um, pre-med people. We have, we have quite a few people doing that, but we do need skilled tradespeople. So yeah. I think he's in a good spot and I, and I wish him the best. And, uh, with that being said, you know, listen, if you've been enjoying the show, if, if you like what you hear, but maybe you have an idea of, for, for what you want to hear next. You know, we've got guests lined up, but let's talk about what you want to talk about. So please reach out to us on social media. Instagram is going underscore offsides underscore podcast. And on Twitter, it's just going offsides. And, and we'd be happy to, uh, to take some uh, considerations. And, uh, you know, if we, if we use your idea on the show, maybe we'll send you a little you know, lacrosse swag or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll set you up. If we take your idea, we'll definitely set you up with something and uh, take care of you and give you a little something for the effort, you know? Uh, Nick, before we get going, though, can I take a second and give a huge shout-out to a good friend of mine, um, Coach Kurt Fox out at Whittier College. Out yeah, in, just got a new job. Out, exactly, out in sunny L.A. Um, Coach Fox is a good friend of mine. Um, you know, we've known each other for quite some time. And, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Coach was the uh, – he was the head coach at Hendricks College for a number of years, was at Hood College for, for a while, um, and, and a few years back uh, transitioned out to the West Coast. And he took over for a great coach in, in Nick Marks, who they were coaching together. And then Coach Marks is now at Bellarmine as the D.C. Um, I'm so happy for uh, Coach Fox. He's been doing phenomenal things out there with that program. Um, that's a program that I think people need to – uh, be on the lookout for because they have a ton of talent. Both those guys were phenomenal recruiters and coach Fox is going to keep that train rolling. And I wouldn't be surprised. And this is my early hot take of the year. Um, and this is my early hot take for the future. I would not be too surprised if you see Whittier back in the NCAA tournament uh, sooner rather than later. Oh, and also coach Fox is going to be a guest on the show soon. Um, we're going to work that out and we're going to get him on, but congratulations, brother. You are the man. And I look forward to seeing how well Whittier is going to do in the future. All right, everybody stay safe and have a good weekend. Later.